Hello, Bonsai friends. This is Evan Pardue of Underhill Bonsai, and welcome to episode 69. Nice of little things for bonsai people, and it is 2024, the year of the wood dragon. And this time I am joined by one of my my co-hosts, uh, Mike Lane of Ketsune Bonsai. How's it going, Mike? Ah, good. How, how are you doing? I'm doing excellent, man. I'm doing so good actually because repotting season is coming to an end so i'm doing a little bit better um, oh, that's funny Ours, yeah. i'm literally just starting yep yep that's, i remember you saying it's like still coming up on you in uh florida yep. south florida right now and it's just kind of like right in that window you're about to hit that sweet that sweet spot in yep, yeah um but yeah and also we have uh baby amelia how's amelia she's great she's here on the podcast right now so she might uh chime in yep. uh, here and there but she's doing good or warning there might be some baby sounds going on uh but also we have a very special guest and uh boneside best bud uh john stewart of jm stewart woodworking how's it going john it's going pretty good hey guys awesome thanks for joining us uh we have john on today because uh he makes bonsai stands uh apart from i looked at his website a little bit and i uh, saw he also is making primarily guitars i guess uh bonsai stands came second or maybe at the same time, I'm not sure. But we're going to talk about that. See, uh, get more information about making bonsai stands, and you know what what challenges might come with that. What what aesthetics we're looking for in bonsai stands. How to match things up properly, um, and just see how that works. Because I mean, I, we've talked to a ceramicist. We got plenty of bonsai people, but we don't have any stand makers to talk to. So yeah, John, uh, thanks for hanging out. We're going to get to know you a little bit. We're going to talk some stands if you're if you're cool with that. Absolutely. I love talking stands and wood and all fun things. I do need to mention that our podcast is sponsored by our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash little things for bonsai ah. people. Uh, Amelia, thank you. Uh, ah. Head over <laughs> to uh, become a bonsai best bud and hang out in the discord with these amazing people. Uh, we have so many patrons now. I used to read through the list and it was really uh, tedious, monotonous. Uh, but now I'm just going to go off and list uh, <laughs> Uh, new bonsai best buds and other various things we got going on. Uh, so we got a new bonsai best bud in Dale. Uh, just this the name Dale. So how's it going, Dale? Uh, welcome to the bonsai best buds. Uh, welcome to the Discord. Hope you guys are talking good bonsai in there. Uh, our featured bonsai best bud of the week is going to be Boyd Snellgrove. Uh, What's up, Boyd? Yep, that's uh, one of our local guys. Is actually president of one of our local clubs down here in Louisiana. Uh, and of course, we got our main uh, pod, podcast sponsor, uh, Joshua Roth Tools. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show. Um, that's that's amazing. We never thought we would have an opportunity to be sponsored by Joshua Roth Tools. It's just a great thing. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we also have our specimen best buds on Ryu Inn, uh, Bonsai Garden, Christina, Carforia, and of course, Bills Bayou. Uh, thanks for being specimen best buds. It's awesome. Supporting at that level is amazing. You guys rock. So, and then I can't go much further without mentioning our editor, Matt O'Donnell. He makes us sound smart. He cleans up our audio and makes us enjoyable to listen to. Go over to mattodonnell.com, fill out his contact form and start your own podcast show or engineering project with him. He's an all around awesome guy. It's in the script every time. I switched it up. It's backwards this time. He's a set basis living in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, so yeah, guys, go over and check out Matt O'Donnell wants to know on on your favorite listening platform, and go listen to Matt's podcast show he just started. It's great, good information. He he deep dives into people who have unique career paths and artists and musicians and whatnot, and he gets into the into the you know the 
not the gritty stuff, but like the what makes what makes the creatives tick? Like how do you how do you become successful in uh, certain arts and certain careers? Uh, so it's a great show. But yeah, speaking of unique jobs and careers, uh, tell us about uh, JM Stewart Woodworking. Is that uh is that something that you do primarily? Yeah, so that is my my main shtick now. Um, I've been at it since probably well full time since 2020. Um, pretty much the day of uh, the shutdown of COVID here in New York. Um, I went home from my day job, which was doing guitar repair at a music store and started uh, building guitars in the garage, which had been the plan for quite a long time, but I never had the actual time to work out there. Um, so yeah, I've been into guitar repair and building guitars for better part of 10 years or so. I have went around learning from different people over the, over the course of time. Um, and really started going full, full time, uh, like I said, in 2020, um, I didn't start building stands probably until about a year or two into it. Maybe, maybe a year. Um, I had been sort of a, uh, flighty member of my local bonsai club who, uh, was, uh, run. Well, run is not the word I'm looking for, but at least, um, advised by their club matriarch pauline muth um mm. for i mean she started the club in 1968 or something like that um and i started going over there because she had some trees and and was gonna you know was providing me a little bit of anecdotal advice here and there when a tree got sick or this or that and we got talking about other things and told her i worked in a wood shop and she kind of looked at me slyly and like raised an eyebrow and was like you know what you should build stands. <laughs> that's pretty much all she wrote. Um, I, I, tr I took a, a stab at it and have pretty much been, you know, moving forward with it, trying to better my designs and joinery ever since. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you've been, I mean, I'm looking at your website. Uh, if you guys want to go check it out, you have uh JM Stewart guitars.com. Yeah, um, yep. And so that's kind of where, I mean, is that where you are primarily working in is uh, you're just making guitars predominantly. And is that kind of, well, you, yeah, I think I, I that know. I would like to be doing more guitar building and more stand building. I would love it if it, if my job and my life was, you know, maybe 60, 40 split between the two. Mm -hmm. uh, but really what I do, I would say 70% of the time is repair work for instruments oh, um, yeah. because it's just what makes money. Um, and it's, you know, I, I can take something in and push it out in, you know, a day or so and have gas and food paid for, for the week, you yeah, know, of course, um, where stand building at least how I've been approaching it is a much more, um, it, it's much, it's a much longer process because I build so much more of them in one shot. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I will basically since, uh, the middle of January, I've been telling people no more guitar repairs, no more of that because 
I'm just going to be building stands until, um, the, uh, I have a vending, uh, opportunity I'm doing at, uh, at the mid Atlantic bonsai society spring fest mm. in April. Um, so I'm vending there and I basically the way that I do it, I vend there maybe once a year. Um, this is the second time I'm doing it and I will stop doing everything for a month or two before and just build stands, do nothing but build stands. Um, because it's, it's sort of the most efficient way for me right now to do it. Sweet. Um, did Here's you a quick quote. Yeah, go oh, ahead, sorry. Yeah, yeah. This is like totally not bonsai related. Totally sure. uh, a bit personal. Um, yeah. But what would do you like repair electric guitars as well, or just acoustic? Yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty much any fretted instrument um, to pretty much any degree of needing repair, um, I can at this point manage it. I, you know, I. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. you could bring me a guitar that's splinters, and I'd probably be able to put it back together. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! My my father is a for the listeners who don't know, my father is like a huge guitar collector. Hmm. Um, spent his life, you know, collecting different guitars, various Les Pauls, Paul Reed Smiths, things like that. Sure. Um, and had a really cool collection, and then unfortunately, the hurricane uh, Ian a couple of years ago uh, destroyed their house and kind of oh. got all of his guitars. And there's one guitar in particular, an old Les Paul that, you know, uh, I would love to kind of get with you Refurbish. in private and talk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, pretty, like I said, pretty much anything at this point, if it's worth fixing, um, I have, um, I can take the time and figure if I don't know how to do it, I know that I can figure out how to do it well. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. That's really yeah. awesome, dude. Um, you know, I, it, I was kind of like looking through this with, uh, with talking to you, to you about the stands. And then when I found out you did the guitars too, I was like, oh man, because, uh, my grandfather, uh, he started out really early as a, as a professional cabinet builder down here in uh, South Louisiana. And he'd been building cabinets since he was like in his early twenties. And then, uh, in his old age, he just wanted to stop throwing lumber and doing stuff like that and doing those, you know, his big jobs and stuff like that. Um, and then he's just turned to like, actually like he makes his guitars in his shop as well. Um, and, oh, cool. and I, I'm familiar with the process and I've seen him make a handful of different designs, um, and my grandfather is one of those kind of guys where he doesn't like to make the same thing uh, twice. So he's made all different shapes and forms. And I mean, he's, he's made, he's even made like banjos and ukuleles and, uh, and all kinds of other uh, stringed instruments, like combinations. He's made my mom up. Uh, it's a, I don't even know what you call it, like a banjolini or whatever. It's a ukulele. That is a banjo, you know, like, yeah, that's <laughs> hilarious. He's played banjo. around with it. Yeah. So, Oh yeah, there's so many of those. Like, there's the 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 uh, the manjo, the mandolin banjo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's all it's an awful sounding instrument. I was but about, they to, make, yeah. about to say like that many tiny tinny strains against that drum head. I can imagine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and in eighth grade, my uh, my father and I, I had to do a uh, science project where we had to make a musical instrument, and my dad found out about it and um, decided that we were going to make an electric an electric guitar fun and so we actually just used like a pine piece of pine 
you know, like that you get from Home Depot, but he had like old um, humbucker pickup and uh, a bridge and some frets and stuff like that. And we like scrolled out a Fender uh, Stratocaster neck for it, like headstock and everything. And I bring this thing to school and I plug it in and it actually works. And um, she did not give me a good grade because she said she knew that I didn't do it on my own. Oh. Uh, yeah. My dad was, he like over engineered that thing. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, no way. Hey, man. Yeah. That, that's cool, though. Uh, that, I mean, it's, it's like almost like it's intrinsic. It's like bonsai people and musicians and like, you know, like with our editor, Matt, he's a bass player. Like, holy crap. Like, this just keeps going around. But I mean, like, we all love music. We all love uh, high level craftsmanship. I mean, we're into bonsai. And so we are always seeking out. A higher level of that type of stuff and so stand making as far as like being able to produce guitars and like book pieces of wood open and make them really really thin because i've seen my grandfather do it it's incredible how thin you can get a piece of wood and still get a beautiful sound out of that um and i can just imagine like that can translate over to creating bonsai stands because we do need to work with thin pieces of wood that are yet durable enough to hold but then like i can see with some of the stuff you've done with your legs and the and then the i'm bad with the terminologies but the you know the decorative pieces that go between uh how fine and how thin you've gotten those pieces and they look stable and they they will present at that you know, at that high end level that we're looking for, uh, for bonsai display. Um, so yeah, that's, this is awesome to, to see that, you know, you, you are well-versed in, uh, guitar making as well. So tell me about the, the process, like, where do you, do you have any sources in, in, of inspiration for making your stands or how do you go about it when you're, yeah, I mean, most of the stand making that I do, um, I try to take as much, uh, influence as I can just from other stands. So I'm constantly flipping through, um, you know, photos that people post of the, you know, the, the trophy that just happened in Belgium and, and Kokofu books and the national books and all that. And I'll just flip through them, you know, when I first get them, I'll flip through them and look at the trees and look at the whole display. But, you know, I constantly go back through those things and mm-hmm. am looking at the stand specifically and just trying to like visualize in my head, these like proportions, because it's really hard to go out there and find like somebody saying like, Oh, you need to make a bonsai stand. That's X wide by X deep by X tall. Mm-hmm. That stuff's really hard to find. Um, I really, I, just put together um uh one of the i guess they're called fuji stands the big box stands the you know that you'd have the you know five trees on with your like accent off to the side the big big racks racks oh yeah the show-in racks like this one behind me yeah yeah exactly so i i found that actually um i don't know if you guys know john romano he works at new england yeah gardens he posted this infographic that was all just like hand doodled a couple weeks ago that had all of these different styles of showing stand and all of, and names below them and i was like oh now i know what this is called i had never i had always called it like a rack or a box stand or, or yeah. what but um yeah i just put one of those together and finding the dimensions for 
how tall and how what like the just the overall dimensions and then how big the the you know the shelves inside and how you divide that space you know there's there's nothing out there that tells you it so it's basically just looking at photos and and trying to figure out what i can from what people have been using in you know displays Mm -hmm. um you know trying to a lot of a lot of the guitar stuff in my mind doesn't really translate super easy to the um stand making because uh the stand making is a lot of joinery um mm-hmm. where with the guitar building there's really almost no joinery there's a lot of um uh pieces of wood that are glued together in specific ways and very tight dimensions and things are very precise um but you know making a, a simple mortise and tenon joint for a leg to stick into the top of a um a guitar or excuse me a, a stand top just a simple you know uh piece of a joinery like that it's it's been it's been an adventure figuring that kind of stuff out. yeah uh and are you using traditional japanese joints or are you kind of using more like western joints and making more like a, a japanese kind of themed stand yeah i would say that that's pro that second thing is probably yeah. more along the lines of what i do i mean everything that i do is really simple it's either mortise and tenon where the legs right. come you know there's a top and the legs just shoot you know stick right up into the top yeah or i will do some like triple miter stuff here and there right which has got some more intricate kind of hidden uh bits inside to like help register it and keep everything straight and square um but you know all of my schooling and woodworking has always been guitar oriented right so yeah picking up japanese joinery or even western style joinery um has all been just sort of learn by doing in mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. my show which you know I, I think most of it is western style more simple kind of right um, stuff i've always been like uh, kind of obsessed with woodworking i'm not a good woodworker like i've always loved the idea of learning joinery especially japanese joinery yeah. and um just don't even know where to start like the chisels alone you know to really like carve out some of those joints that you see are insane mm-hmm. you know Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but I find that really, really interesting that, uh, what kind of wood do you usually tend to use? Like walnut? For the stands? Yeah. Um, so I will use, actually, most of the time what I use is uh, mahogany, like Honduran okay. mahogany. Um, it's more expensive than a lot of different things, but um it works really it's really easy to work with mm-hmm. um carves really nice and just is is nice to work with where i also made stands out of walnut and maple and cherry and all you know all the all the you know standards that are out there um mostly i use cherry because i have a huge pile of it in my workshop yeah um, <laughs> but uh I had a tree fall down in my neighbor's house um, back in uh, probably spring of 2020, late spring. But uh, basically, we took that 
tree and had it milled up and I've been using it for stands and all sorts of things pretty much ever since. Um, mm. but yeah, I prefer to use mahogany just cause like I said, it's, it's a little bit easier and, um, it's a little bit more uniform in its grain and, um, it's fairly, fairly light, um, light and dimensionally stable, which is that that's kind of the most important thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because as much as people who people who use guitars don't know that or don't think that they're wooden instruments and need to be cared for um people who have bonsai stands very very infrequently uh know how to care for wood Mm -hmm. uh wooden items and i would rather my stands be as you know, stable in the future, regardless of the environment they go to. So that's why I kind of lean towards mahogany. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing where you said, uh, Oh, and by the way, for our listeners, Mike, uh, Amelia was getting a little fussy, so he had to step away. So just in case you were wondering, uh, where he went, but yeah, uh, as far as the, 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 uh, having access to all the cherry wood, um, like you said, it was just kind of available because your, your neighbor's tree had, uh, fell and, uh, that's kind of funny too. Cause like whenever I had asked my grandfather to go in and to produce some stands for when I went to the national show, uh, the first time he, he just had, you know, he had some nice pieces of wood laying around, but he made stuff out of, like you said, like mahogany, he had just laying around. Uh, and then he'll, he would have like for trade, he would find some stuff around from other woodworkers and stuff, just pieces of black walnut and stuff. He just, whatever's available is kind of the, it's kind yeah. of the, the gist of it, you know? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, you know, I, I like walnut. Walnut's really fun to use. Um, if somebody asks me to, but because it's pretty expensive, if I have to go out and buy it, mm-hmm. uh, there's a spot. I, I had a conversation with Dave Niddle, who is who I take a lot of inspiration from in my, mm. my stands. Um, he's over in Vermont, and I drove out to his shop once to buy um, some trees because he actually used to him and his wife would, you know, hike and collect trees a lot too. Um, and uh he told me about this place in maine called rare woods and that's where he gets all of his stuff mm. and i really want to take a trip out there and, and get some really nice you know you know rosewood or, or something like that some really nice material um i just haven't haven't taken the time to get really special stuff yet mm-hmm. yeah because uh I mean, we have to be selective on the on the wood that we use for stands because we don't want anything that's, I don't know, I, I don't want to say, I mean, you can see whenever something is kind of feels a little cheaper or the grain doesn't really look quite right or uh, lots of knotty looking pieces on your on your pieces that you would select, you wouldn't use that for. Uh, for a bonsai stand, unless you were trying to do something a little bit more live edge, a little bit more rustic, um, mm-hmm. which I've seen, uh, what's that? What's that other stand maker? His name. He does a lot of live edges. Is it Austin? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I've, I've seen his some of his stuff in person, like at the national show and other conventions that I've been to, and they're they're crazy. I mean, they're really well. They're really well. Like we were talking about joinery and stuff and stuff that you really can't see how it's put together, and that's kind of like that that next level that we're looking for is like you want to kind of the tree is just as like unbelievable as the stand should feel the same you know uh sure. so yeah it's really cool but i know yeah like materials is 
is pretty costly, especially in the woodworking world, I'm sure. Um, so, I mean, like, I guess if somebody really wants you to make it that stand out of a very particular wood to match their, their tree that they have in mind, I mean, like, is that something you have to consider? Yeah. I mean, and the, the heart, the hardest thing to consider is actually probably, um, the waste in wood, um, that, that occurs as you're, you know, as you're building, um, you know, most of this material you get is either kiln dried, uh, kiln dried or air dried down to, you know, particular moisture percentages. Um, but no matter what, it always seems like when you cut into a piece of wood, you're, you start to release some of this inner tension that's in there and you know all of a sudden you could be cutting down the middle of a board and the piece that you cut off goes all springs up yeah twisty and wild and and you can't really use that especially if you're trying to make one of those like really slender legged tall uh like cascade style stands Mm -hmm. Uh, if i'm trying to cut off these little thin pieces of wood and and then all of a sudden it's got this big curve in it like you know, there's, there's a whole, you know, whole chunk of material that ends up just going to waste. Um, so yeah, if I'm just building stands to, you know, sell an auction or bring to a vending place to just sell as wares, I will use material that I have, or I'll use mahogany because it's generally pretty reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise it's like, yeah, you, you know, it, I'll I'll build something out of walnut or out of any particular wood, but it's got to kind of be. Um, I, I like to have that person have a really good idea of what they want. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I I know exactly what to get, how much to plan for waste, and and all of that. Um, because yeah, you know, certain woods like it's hard to take a cherry or a walnut stand and make it lighter. Yeah. You can't really do that. <laughs> yeah, there there's gonna be a certain weight to all. Yeah. 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 Um, and that and that's this does that have something to do? I mean, I'm like I said, like I work with living wood, like li- going beyond and like building stuff out of of uh out of wood is you know, it's not something that I'm familiar with, but like th- there's a lot of oils in certain woods that could cause them to be heavier or more difficult to work with. Yeah. Um they're the oils that are in the woods generally woods that are really oily or the more exotic like uh tropical kind of species rosewoods mahogany Mm. is super oily but rosewoods generally have got tons of oil content some to the point where they become uh sort of hard to glue together Mm. uh because the oils just prevent the water-based glues from actually like doing what they need to do. Um, the, and the oils don't are, are something sort of separate from the density of the wood and the density is really what causes like the weight. Um, you know, rosewood's super dense compared to a, say a, a mahogany or a basswood or something like that. Hey everyone, this is John Eads, founder of Left Coast Bonsai and proud supporter of the Little Things for Bonsai People podcast. 
I'm breaking into your feed today to let you know about a few exciting things we're doing here at Left Coast Bonsai. We're a small, family-owned bonsai nursery that's focused on producing high-quality bonsai plant material, as well as sourcing hard-to-find supplies for growing in your own yard. For many of us, winter is a time to pause and reflect on the year ahead. Now's a good time to decide what seedlings and supplies you need for the upcoming season. We have a large selection of seedlings that will begin shipping out mid-February for a spring season. You can also order baskets, felt bags, or aluminum wire. In addition to the seedlings and supplies, I also teach classes and study groups on a broad range of subjects, including growing trees from scratch. I hope to hear from you soon and would love to talk about how we can support your bonsai growing journey. You can find us online at leftcoastbonsai.com, on Instagram at leftcoastbonsai, or send me an email at talk at leftcoastbonsai.com. Cheers. And it was making me think back about uh, resources for for getting the wood that you would need. And uh, do you, do you have a, a mill or do you know somebody that you work with where it like first, like that tree that fell and you mill down the pieces from like the, the logs and whatnot. Cause I've done that before with a, uh, a friend of mine who builds, well, he builds props and whatnot for movie sets and stuff. And, and formerly did some uh, Renaissance festival, like uh, reenactment kind of buildings and stuff. And uh, he would go through and mill them down uh, mill down the logs down to planks and stuff. That was really interesting uh, yeah. to manual mills and stuff. In that in that particular case, um, I had uh, I have an uncle that has a sawmill that you know cut it all up for me. Um, but most of the other material I get, um, there's a couple hardwood suppliers um, in my area that you know if I need a, a pile of wood, I'll just head up and you know you you walk in it's a you know small warehouse that's just has stacks and stacks of you know various um various locals and exotic species just stacked in different dimensions uh, for you to like go through and pick through mm-hmm. yeah uh and i mean like i said the the world of, of wood building is is so odd to me where like if I were to want to 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 build a stand, like I don't even know where I would start with uh, with the planning and and all that. Like you said, like you want most people to kind of have a good idea what they want, but I mean, like what's what is it like starting that that project? I mean, like you-, I, you know, a lot of the times, uh, if if somebody doesn't have a good idea of what they want, um, just a good a photo of the tree starts. Mm-hmm starts the discussion yeah yeah you know different styles you know it's a you know just a a real formal upright kind of thing what's what's the pot look like that it's in all of those things will kind of like play with you know the style of stand that we end up doing and how how big is the tree how how much do we need to get that tree up off the ground to get it to the you know the viewer's eye level um, which I have a I have a problem with that idea only because I'm super tall and everyone else's eye level, <laughs> like, not my eye level. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's the the thing. Like the stands are there to elevate the tree. Yeah, that's the purpose and of the bonsai stand. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's like I think the way that I want to approach everything, every stand that I make. That's the focus. So not only to physically elevate it, but to elevate the artistic design of it. So first has got to be like 
how are we going to sit this tree on a surface? How high are we going to get it? And then we can start looking at, you know, do we do legs that are kind of inset from the edge that have like a feel that kind of splays out or mm-hmm. a feel that kind of just, you know, the top of the stand just sort of rolls off into the legs yeah. and then those, those pieces that span across, you know, are they, is it straight? Is it, you know, does it have a little bit of a wiggle to it kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that stuff all kind of comes from that back and forth with, you know, the person who has the tree and maybe we'll share some photos back and forth of other trees and, you know, kind of try to come, come down to a design and then we can start really hashing out the, the final sizes of things. Yeah. And I think one of the other things I would worry about in choosing the height of the stand, because I don't know what the, the display height normally is. I know, I think a standard show in, in Japan would be like right around waist height on most people. Like you said, you're tall. So it's a difference. I'm a little bit more average height myself. I'm like five ten. Um, so like my waist height would be, wouldn't be equivalent to, to that, but you know, and some, most of the time that you see, uh, especially more amateur club shows here for bonsai clubs that do them on the, on your standard card tables. And so that's another thing that you have to kind of, put in there i'm sure and that's like do you make your like i'm not saying like as a this is just kind of like a putting it out there kind of this thought is like do you have to make your stands taller to account for every once in a while that tree's going to be on a shorter table just by coincidence you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. i i think um i think we you, you just sort of have to use the ideal the ideal case what what someone might you know more often be coming up against um and and i feel like there is no there is no perfect viewing point right Mm -hmm. because we're all different you know you're yeah we're all different heights and we all have a different perspective as we look at these things yeah and yeah okay the table's maybe two inches shorter here than it is at the next show you go to Mm -hmm. um i think that 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 kind of thing sort of um i don't i don't think too much about that those minutia um <laughs> i think i think that getting something in the ballpark uh height wise is the ideal yeah. uh you know a shorter a, a tree that's going into um you know say the national uh that's maybe one of the smaller trees that's being displayed you know we'll we'll get that on a taller stand yeah uh you know if it's a, a a big honking tree uh that takes up a lot of visual weight you know that stand's probably only going to be two or th- you know three or four inches tall at most yeah because uh, at that point it's literally just getting it up off the table so that you know it gets its uh you know we're giving that tree the the uh, more metaphysical elevation uh mm-hmm. than literally trying to get it up because it already is so big yeah so and then that's kind of you know the idea of like cheetah too like you know it's it's just sort of something that is not just the table mm-hmm. yeah because uh in in bonsai display like proper 
like we're doing this a hundred percent, like every single potted thing or or stone like Suiseki or Kusumono, whatever, needs its own individual stand, even if it exists on a like we were saying, like a box stand, like for Shoheen. Uh yep. everything needs its own stand, which is something that a lot of people don't think about when they get into especially multiple tree displays, like for doing uh like a three-point display with the scroll and everything that's great but then we get if we i've seen people where they'll like elegantly show like a smaller like a kifu next to your your extra large uh like you know like a chuhin next to your kifu i mean like in that and those trees need stands of their own at varying heights varying uh you know different characteristics either feminine or masculine depending on which tree is giving you and yeah, it's just, you, you kind of start have to equate into how many stands are necessary. Do you need as many stands as you have pots and trees? Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. yeah <laughs> it gets kind of yeah. crazy conceptualizing that. Um, it was it was a fun little exercise. Um, the first time that I actually went through that process, um, our club last year before um, this, uh, the MABS Spring Festival, um, we got everyone together with all of their stands, all of their Jita, all of their accents, all of their, uh, you know, little figures, all of their trees that they want to display. And we set, we set up displays in, uh, in a tokenoma and like basically just a rough space, right. For, uh, for mocking them out. And yeah, like figuring out all of, you know, every tree, like stand on stand on stand, mm -hmm. like, and especially when you're doing the showing displays and, you know, by, by the rules, quote unquote, uh, every one of those small stands should be a little bit different than the others. Same thing with the pots, you know, you don't want to have two bright blue pots in, in a big showing display, just like you don't want to have two, uh, you know, uh, rounded small stands in that same display. Mm -hmm. Um, everything's gotta be different, you know? So yeah, you end up having more stands than you have, uh, trees and more pots than you have trees. Yep. And I, I think that's another thing that, uh, you know, cause our, our show is of course always been aimed at, uh, the beginner, but like there is like varying degrees of beginner to, <laughs> You know, like, are you a beginner as in like, you just planted your first bonsai in your, in your training pot or your beginner is like, you're just now starting to gather up materials and all your stuff that you need to go to a formal display or a higher level with your trees. And so that's like one of the unfortunate things with, uh, with bonsai stands is that I, I, I can remember who I was talking to about this last time I was talking about, uh, getting stands ready for a show but like it, it it's usually like you start with your tree and that's all that's the base of the this whole thing of this is what bonsai is it's the tree and so you have you have to make that that step from all right i've got my tree i've got it growing healthy i'm getting design uh going and now i need a nice pot to put my tree in and so the pot is always like that's the next step and that's a lot of things that like that makes the image but you know, how many people go from, all right, nice tree, nice stand, it's time to put on a display, 
And like, that's like, that's where like, in my opinion, and from what I've seen, it's my opinions based off of like, like here in Louisiana, there's just not a lot of people doing this. There's not a lot of people building stance. So that next step is always daunting because it's so hard to find, you know, stand makers. And I know that like a lot of people are taking that up uh, and, you know, building stands and uh, producing more, more stuff for people to be able to actually see and put their hands on and purchase. But um, I know it's, it's the least likely thing in the bonsai line that going down the line that will be purchased first is what I'm kind of oh, going yeah. at there. Yeah. So, um, but I, I mean, like for you, you like you're producing guitars and there, you see that need that there's like, it's, it's, it really is niche. Like how many other stand makers, I mean, you know, a good bit from doing some research, but when you initially started out, how many stand makers would you, were you aware of in your area, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, in my, in my area for, you know, in my clubs yeah. access, there's, there's nobody else that, and you know, you're right. Like it's the last thing that people go for, you know, first thing is a tree and maybe, maybe get to a point where, you know, cause we all, we all kill trees. That's, yep, yep. that's sort of like the badge of honor that we all wear. <laughs> um, once it, you, once you've killed enough, to have one that you really like and it's healthy and you you've learned you've moved to that stage of like okay cool like i love this tree and i want to get it a nice pot that's the first step beyond the tree yep and then yeah the stand is like way down the line mm-hmm. um yeah i mean that's that's why i started doing it because i knew that there weren't many people out there and uh you know i had like i said i had pauline uh in my year just you know there needs to be more stand makers you need to yeah yeah you should really try building some stands and what an amazing person to to like come to you and and tell you that i mean when you oh yeah when you hear when you would hear her say that i'm sure you're like okay if she's telling me this uh i (laughs) yeah she was she was a super sweet lady and and one of the first uh one of the first stands that i was i built and actually was like kind of proud of um, awesome. put on, put on one of the, uh, the auction sites on Facebook and she snagged it before. I mean, it wasn't up 15 minutes before she, um, she bought it. Um, so yeah. And she was always super supportive and, and the club members that I'm, um, you know, in, in the club with have all been very supportive of what I've been doing. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, like, a, like, like you said, there's not many people out there that do it. Um, and you know, just to have some alternatives is it, it, it definitely supports my habit of not wanting to work for anybody else. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. That's the, that's where we get to, you get that taste of, uh, you know, like stepping into your shop and working on your own schedule and you're like, what else is there out there? What other niches? Because like, there's a lot of work in that. you really, like you said, I- like repairing guitars like i mean i i'm like down here where i'm at there was a violin repair shop in our downtown area and that was the only place that you could get that done at and then uh like a friend of mine plays accordion and he has to go to a guy in florida to go get his accordion repaired it's like where do you go now but like you know there's so many guitars and like out in the ethos like people that's one of the more common instruments you see um, so I'm sure there's just a, there's a, always a fair amount of work to do with that kind of stuff too. 
Um, so yeah, it, 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 it sounds awesome to be like, yeah, I would love to never have to really work for somebody, but then also you're making stands and it kind of feeds into this. Like, I, I, I mean, I've done this thing where like, I've made some trees, like I've, uh, I've either grown them or I've collected them from, uh, you know, Yamadori hunting out here in Louisiana and growing them out. And then you see somebody have that, that tree. And I'm like, that, that's awesome. Like that, that's a really gratifying feeling. I can only imagine how it feels if you were to, and have you had stands go to show? Like, I'm sure that that feeling is, is much more, you know, that's an intense feeling to see your, your, your stand used. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I had, um, I had a couple stands, uh, in the national this past year. Awesome. It was, yeah, it was, it was super, um, it was definitely a, a big honor to have been chosen by, you know, this, uh, this customer to have my stands in there. So, yeah. Yeah, it feels great to have you know have that stuff happen, or and just see see your uh, the the fruits of your labor out there in the world, mm-hmm. um, doing what you intended them to do. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I always I I guess I see myself more rather than like a, a finished product product maker. Mm-hmm. I uh, I see myself more as like a tool maker. Um, I think that's kind of the way that I. I always saw building guitars as, you know, I'm building something that is certainly, um, artistic and, and fine in the terms of woodworking. Mm-hmm. Um, but really the, the, the life of the thing only begins when I finish what I'm done doing with it. Yeah. Um, and that's the same thing with the stands, you know, like I, I, I build something to be used in, you know, formal display or informal display whatever it may be you know however you want want to use it Mm. but um you know when i make stands i don't have one tree or one thing in my mind for it sometimes i do if somebody's commissioning me and they don't have a good idea yeah okay i'm building that stand for that tree but that doesn't mean that it's only ever going to have that tree on it and and what sort of life it lives beyond that is sort of the fun in all of it. Yeah. That's, that's a beautiful thing to say. Like it, they're, they're, you're producing these tools for people to go on and create more, like they're producing their works with the assistance of your work. And I think that's, that's a really awesome way to kind of think of it. And it makes the, you know, maybe there was the stand that you, that you made and then you had to, you had to go back because something didn't work right. And then you struggle with this one stand again and had to reproduce it again or something. And just like, then seeing it put to good use. And it's just like, I guess that, that to me would be like, Oh, well, I'm glad I struggled and didn't tell the customer that, you know, I had this thing happen to the stand or whatever um, and set me back. But, you know, I, you know, could see that as like, Oh, it's getting used the way it was intended to be used instead of just sitting up somewhere. And even if they do sit up somewhere and like you were saying earlier, like people taking care of wood products and wood and made things that are made of wood properly to, to get longevity and get more use out of those things. I mean, hopefully your stands would be taken care of well enough that, I mean, this is a mortal at this at this point. I mean, it's, it's preserved wood. You could have it, forever and you know, people you could see it show up later on i mean when you're not around anymore too 
and that's that's kind of the hopes with it you know because it's kind of it's almost in that same vein of like ceramics you know um so whereas like ceramics like that's those like when you make a, a pot it like will literally last forever and even if it's shattered like that part of it will be around forever because i mean that's there's a process yeah. that we're doing there you know yeah um oh hey carmen did i tell you about bonsai central yet no i don't think you have oh i i think i might have mentioned it a few other times but it's going to be may 3rd through 5th in 2024 in st louis missouri it's basically the national show but it's going to be Central America, and it's going to be an awesome show with cash awards and prizes. Uh, there's going to be a professional bonsai show and a kusumono show as well. Ooh. With the presentation during dinner with uh, for rewards and whatnot. But if you want to submit a tree, I think you have to submit two to four photos, and you need a brief description of your tree, and send it over to the contact form at bonsaicentral.com. That's bonsai-central.com, but... There's going to be vendors there, too. Do you know what vendors were included? Did you hear about that? Yeah, I heard that it's going to be something like 25 plus of the best vendors from around the country. So like including nurseries, potters, stand makers, tool suppliers and all of that. But like specifically, I, I thought I heard that there was going to be American potters like. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Now Tochutake is going to be there. Vicki Chamberlain, Eli Atkins of Waldo Street Pottery, April Grigsby, Roy Minari, and Byron Merrick. Um, sellers of imported Japanese and antique Chinese pots are going to be there, too. That's amazing. I mean, there must be like a pretty good lineup for this show as far as like their headliners. There should be some really good bonsai artists. Do you have any idea who that might be? I think I might have heard about Bjorn, but there's some other ones, right? Oh, yeah. Bjorn's going to be there. Uh, Tyler Sherrod as well. Maria Hayek, uh, Andrew Robson, Maro Stenberger, and Young Cho. Oh. I think there's going to be workshops, show walkthroughs, critiques, all that stuff. Yeah, that sounds awesome. There should be somewhere to go on bonsai-central.com and you can fill out the opportunities to do workshops with these professionals. They have really great material, I've heard. It's going to be stuff like twisted junipers and and, and old fused maples and really awesome pieces of material for Young's Kosamono class. So I think if you guys are interested, y'all should go check out bonsai-central.com and see if you can register for the show, sign up for workshops if they're still available. But I'd, I'll definitely be there this year. Awesome, that's sweet. Yeah, yeah thank you uh, Bonsai Central for sponsoring our show. Yeah, as far as the caring for the stands and stuff, um, I heard you mention that earlier, but I like somebody was getting on to me earlier for having one of my guitars standing against the wall on its neck. And I know you're probably cringe if you hear you hear that. Um, but uh, what other things can we do to preserve our stands? Like, uh, can you kind of explain that a little bit more? Sure. Well, in, in uh, just to mention the guitar, that's not the worst thing I've ever heard. So you're good. Okay. Don't worry. About it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so stand care is just sort of like sort of like the same as guitar care but um it's more like just keeping in mind that if you are comfortable your your piece of wooden furniture or guitar or whatever it may be you know bonsai stand whatever if you're comfortable it will be comfortable mm. so um that being said you know you don't want to store your stands in an attic that's 
unheated and uninsulated, you know, uninsulated, um, exposed to the, the outside, um, down where you're at, I'm sure the humidity oh. is crazy. Oh God. Uh, yeah. But you know, where I'm at and, and it, so like, this was a, a learning experience in the guitar world that definitely translates to, translates to stands, um, here in upstate New York, it'll be, uh, you know, during the winter when we're pushing a lot of heat in our homes and it's 15 degrees outside, it'll be maybe 15, 20% humidity in a home. Um, and then during the summer, it swings way up to 70, 80, 90% humidity some days. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got this huge swing and, and humidity is the big thing with, with wood and yeah. swings in humidity are really what cause the wood to expand and contract, which then causes cracking or um, failure of joinery and things like that. So keeping your stands in an area that's just not exposed to huge swings um, is probably the first and best step you can do to taking care of it. Um, you know, having a, you know, humidifier somewhere, uh, is probably the next best thing, but, um, you know, it, it all depends on how crazy you want to get. <laughs> yeah. Obviously As all of this stuff is, <laughs> yeah, obviously climate control situations is pretty yeah. ideal for anything wooden like that. And yeah, like for Louisiana, like you were saying, like down here, I mean, you're saying 90% humidity. I'm like, oh, well, that's that's kind of how it feels right now because we had such a dry day. But typically, yeah, the, the humidity is so high here. Uh, I mean, anything that sits outside for too long will just start, you know, warping and then eventually grow <laughs> any some kind of fungus mold or whatever yeah, and, sure. and just be re- returned to the earth, you know. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it's it's something that like we don't think about a lot um because the the pot does frame the tree in a in a special way but the stand like you said is the elevation so keeping that not only keeping them warp free and the joinery uh sound is like really important especially in those uh climate control environments but like also like polish polishing up pieces or you know scratching uh on pieces because i mean we're putting ceramic we're putting like rock on soft like softer wood elements you know together so uh, go yeah ahead. the surface the surface can be um a little tough to deal with because yeah you always have these you know rough ceramic feet kind of moving on and and off the stand um you know prevention is is obviously the best course of action um but a lot of times you know having a good paste wax will help alleviate some damage like that mm-hmm. and at least bring some luster back to a stand um, but really the the type of finish that's used will be one of the first lines of defense when it comes to like scratching up um, using a, a finish that's as durable as possible and, and mm-hmm. as water resistant as possible because really you know you shouldn't be watering your tree on the stand um but <laughs> yeah but <laughs> yeah when you get into but, a show that's really difficult not to go in and need to do that type of thing yeah um yeah one of my one of the things that my uh 
when my grandfather produced the stands for me, he was putting bar, like a bar finish, like a bar wax, I guess you can say, sure. on there. Um, which I found to be a little counterintuitive because as soon as that scuffs, it turns white. Um, and it just doesn't look great. Um, yeah. And so what was the, what was the wax you had said just a second ago? Uh, I, it's just like, a, uh, it's like paste wax. Like a, it's called like, you know, Johnson's paste wax or okay. something like that. Um, there's a bunch of different um, companies that make various, um, you know, formulations of it. Yeah. But that's, that's the one uh, that I've like liked the most just because yeah, it doesn't really like have that white residue. Um, I did buy like, a, there's like a, a brand of stuff. Like, I, I can't remember what the brand is urethane or something like that mm-hmm. was the brand. Um, and uh, it, it, it leaves like a, a kind of milky white residue that just does not help things at all. Yeah. Cause, uh, I guess if a stand got scratched or dented in a way, it wouldn't be too bad. I mean, if that's part of the stand, but I mean, like I know in, in bonsai, like I don't really see a lot of stands like nicked up or, or like, you know, have some rub marks on them that, you know, that's, that's part of like the, the patina to it because they're not like heavy use objects. You're not, yeah, certainly. setting stuff, glasses and books or whatever you might be. This is not like a regular piece of furniture. So I know, I don't know, man, it seems it's such a high amount of responsibility to keep your stands pristine, you know? <laughs> so, uh, well, kind of like what we were talking to though, about the, you know, the minutia of like getting the elevation, right. I think that, you know, a lot of stands that we see in, you know, big displays, probably do have some wear and tear on them and, mm-hmm. and and get more wear and tear almost every time that you use them but you know every time that you use it you're putting this big pot onto this stand or maybe small pot but it's occupying a good amount of that table surface of the stand that mm-hmm. top surface um so you know when when the object of display that the tree is on the stand those nicks and dings that you get from the feet on that top surface they sort of just melt away in <laughs> the whole design you know as everything comes together yeah um, you know so like little surface imperfections like that just sort of like i said melt away when you're when you're looking at the whole thing together yeah and if you can look at the stand where the feet touch and you can see the scuffs and maybe a gouge and stuff, you're like, you, you kind of have to, you kind of have to like expect it almost, you know, like, uh, I mean, the worst thing that, that could probably happen, it might be interesting though, is that like, let's say you use a stand for like an oval shaped pot for a long time. And then, and then you switch, switch out the tree or the pot is changed for the tree that you have been using to more of a rectangular shape. And you get this, this look where, and this is the kind of look I'm, you know, you think you see on, you would, you would see on like a older piece of furniture, like almost like a vinyl record, how you have an old uh, jacket for a vinyl record. It has that wear mark. Yeah, uh, I think that would be really cool, but I don't yeah. know how realistic that is. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, certainly. 
um so yeah it like you said it could just melt away into the design and you're like oh this this stand has a history of different trees being displayed on it and uh that would be kind of cool but i don't know if it would be cool to try to like you're like oh well i want to design a stand with that mind so you're going to intentionally distress it and make it look like that you know that would be really cool i know i'm just, just kind of rifting on thoughts yeah, there sure. yeah <laughs> you know so, you know back to the the guitar world of things the uh the the debate between people who uh are really into road road worn guitars yep. versus uh you know things that are brand new mm-hmm. um same thing ripped jeans <laughs> yeah yeah like there's but, a there's a t-shirt place uh down in new orleans to go to and you'll find like old band tees and they'll have like cigarette burns in them <laughs> and they're like they're like a couple of decades old and then they're like you know three hundred dollars one thousand dollars for this van halen yeah. shirt and it's like yeah you, you that's the look that they want and uh that's that's it's funny but yeah with the guitar it's like i could see that like a like a road worn like this 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 guitar has seen things and that's really cool sure. and i'm sure you get a lot of pieces like that come through your shop um so I just that's what everybody wants they want a story in the in the piece you know uh, yeah certainly oh i'm i am definitely not against it yeah yeah um, but but it's just like that the elevation thing and i mean i don't know man uh and like how creative like how weird can stands get because i know there's there is like the i don't want to call it the dada phase or the or the overly rustic kind of style that you've we've seen some in some like recent shows and this is not i mean it's not terribly new um you know like it's been around for a while i think i remember seeing you know live edge stands and slab pieces and experimental stands uh for the for a good like like five or six years now that's really been popping up um, Yeah. so it's yeah those yeah some of the some of those more like uh uh avant-garde stand designs yeah um the only problem that i you know everybody's got their own aesthetic right so like to each their own um my thing is that if my job isn't to make a stand that when you walk up and down the aisles of the national exhibition you stop at a tree and say oh that's a cool stand mm-hmm. like my job is to make you stop and think wow that tree is fantastic yeah oh wow look at that stand too you know like mm-hmm. I, the first thing is the tree mm-hmm. um and i think sometimes some of the more um uh more modern stand designs can can get to be more eye-catching than the tree that's on top of it yeah um and i don't know i i i would i would rather have my stand fall fall into the beauty of the design rather than be the like focal point mm-hmm. yeah you want you want your stands to be, i know i know what you mean exactly what you mean it's like you want it to be subtle uh, and then it brings quiet, like a little bit more of a quietness to your design. 
Um, especially if you're doing something like a formal upright or a broom style deciduous tree or something that's something that's a little bit more simple, like a very classical style tree, the, the gentler the stand um, with subtle details. If the tree goes up to this point where there's a lot of things like uh, you'll see uh, tropical or, or like flowering evergreens like azaleas or something like that, for instance, or chochubai. Chochubai tend to be a little bit more erratic in design. And then your stand that's subtle then builds into these things. Like I've seen beautiful like sculptural, sculptural elements into underneath, like right underneath the, the top of the stand going into the leg. You'll see like little, like I've seen everything from like little flowers to little birds to little leaves to just these really nice uh, yeah. kind of swirls and stuff. And uh, yeah, it, it, like you said, like you don't, but you don't want to interrupt the viewer's eye too much, um, which I mean, I guess if we're going full on uh, like rustic, like the tree is on a stone slab or in a cupped crescent stone or something. And then we, then we've got like a, a, a chunk of, of oak wood that we found in the yard and we cut it with a chainsaw and stuck it on there, you know, like, yeah. Oh yeah. Like certain things fit together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I, I think what that reminds me of is, um, there are a couple trees in, I have the, uh, the book for the Pacific bonsai expo. Yeah. And I remember, I think it's the tree that, uh, Ryan Neal displayed. I don't remember exactly what tree it was, but I remember it was just there. It was, the trunk was huge and it was, it was just chunky. The pot was chunky and it was on just a slab of like six inch thick, who knows what material, what wood <laughs> it was, but it was just, everything was hard, angular, masculine, and it yep. all worked together. It worked beautifully. Um, so there's definitely, um, you know, I, I think the, the ethos in my mind that I try to go with, with a lot of different things, guitar building, stand building is, um, and it's because of the way my brain works. Like, I feel like, you know, some of us are more left-brained, some of us are more right-brained. I don't remember which one is which, but one is more like <laughs> analytical and one is more just creative, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like the way my brain works, I feel like I'm very even keeled in that balance mm. because the way that I approach my creative process with stand building, with guitar building, so on and so forth is like, I want to build things that I've seen and I know those designs work. Mm. And once I get that, once I get comfortable with that, then I can play with it Yeah, yeah. and I can, I can, you know, tweak this and see what this does. And, and, and I think that comes with, you know, any, any field bonsai too, like, you know, you gotta, you gotta make an informal upright to, to know, okay, like this is how it's done. And well, okay. now we're moving on to this next tree and, uh, let me break this rule here because, oh, I, I feel like it works best for the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like knowing, knowing the form and then expanding on it, I think is, 
really the the way I like to approach things. Mm-hmm. This podcast is supported by Bonsai Bar, the beginner bonsai workshop popping up in breweries all across the Northeast. Bonsai Bar is two hours of tiny tree goodness disguised as a night out with friends. Come grab drinks, create a new tree, and watch as your friends and family get the bug for bonsai. Bonsai Bar is always looking for teachers and assistants, and you listen to this podcast, so you're probably already qualified. Bring your knowledge out to the bar. Apply today. Find event tickets, contact info, and more at bonsaibar.com. I mean, there's sometimes uh, the the stand feels almost unrealistic and floating in a way because I know it's like the floating top stands. It's kind of like one of the things I was, you know, and I've I've always got pictures of trees in front of me. I'm always kind of breezing through and looking at you know stand stand tree, you know pot, and I'm just kind of like going through it over and over uh, to just kind of like a little exercise to see, like you're saying, like what works. What qualities does a tree have? Did it match up to the stand uh, very well? Um, did it match? Did the pot flow into the stand? And then it's like, yeah, these are all things we have to consider. So I don't know, man. It's yeah, and and I think as everyone has their own aesthetic too. Mm-hmm. So like the and and that's why having like group exercises. If you have like a a club or a group that you're you work with. Um, why having display style exercises, even if you're not going to go out and display, but just to like, just to do it. Yeah. Just to put a tree on a stand and have one person be like, oh man, that's perfect. And then mm-hmm. another person be like, oh, I hate that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is where yeah. the, this is where the hard critiquing should come in. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so it's such a fun exercise to do that kind of stuff. And a lot of people are terrified to do that kind of stuff because, um, I, I think I've said this in a previous episode where I'm like, you could present your, your art, what you've done in a, in, you know, various different ways. But if you present it cleanly, like I was talking about, like a art teacher, I, I had one time where, uh, if it, even if it was a finger painting and then you, you matted it and you framed it and you put it on the wall, someone would believe you. They were like, Oh, this, this must've been done very nicely this is a very well done finger painting and so it's like when you're looking at bonsai and you see it cleaned up in that event and it it shows you oh well maybe somebody who was telling me that my tree it maybe is a little one-sided or lopsided or too heavy here because when it's on the stand it becomes very obvious because the stand cleans this up or maybe the stand isn't right at all like those exercises are awesome like i would love to have you know we're we're Louisiana, we're kind of moving along here. We're pushing the ball up the hill with like encouraging people to do display and practice display. Like you're saying, that's awesome that you guys get together. We all's club and do that kind of thing. Um, Cause practicing display is, I think is something that's really lacking in American bonsai, uh, like bonsai culture right now. Um, and there's obviously strong, uh, there's strong areas that we have, are strong places in in, uh, in the United States bonsai scene that's happening. So like, yeah, the New England states where you're at, I mean, you guys have a lot of people doing a lot of different things up there. And as you know, you already have the national show happening uh, near, near where you're at. How far from Rochester are you? I am on a good day, four and a half hours, but probably yeah. closer to about five, five and a half. Well, that's not, that's not terrible. I mean, yeah, I, it's doable. 
it, it took me 20 hours to drive there one way, you know? Oh yeah. And I've done that trip twice, you know, and it's, and, and we've got, we've got a lot more shows that are popping up. Like, like you, uh, like you were saying, you have the, the show you had mentioned earlier. It was, uh, which one was that? I'm sorry. Uh, um, it's the mid Atlantic bonsai society yeah. festival. Yeah. Which is that a brand new show? Uh, I don't know how long Mabs has been going. Um, uh, it has certainly been going on for a few years. I know yeah. that, um, I've seen photos of, you know, Mabs 2016 and okay. Mabs. So it's, it's been around for a bit. Yeah. And these are the, these are, these shows keep popping up more and more. I keep hearing about great shows coming up. Obviously we have uh, like Bonsai Central happening. We talk about that a lot yeah. on the show. Um, and that wants to be the other elevated show as well. And then you got the Pacific uh, Bonsai Expo. It's another elevated show. So, I mean, like we need to practice, we need to talk to more stand makers and, and, keep guys like you busy um so that i mean as we're kind of i feel like we're breaking new ground getting more north americans uh species ready as specimen bonsai ready for this display stands to finally be married to them uh so i mean i, I don't know man like it it's hard for me to kind of imagine what where we'll be in the future here as far as like Will, will the demand keep going up or where we level out? I mean, the, the, the interest online versus what I'm, what we're seeing now. Uh, Cause I mean, online stuff, like you said, like 2020, that kind of, that kind of kicked off a lot of people's interests in bone science stuff too, you know? And um, so it's like, where will we be? Um, so, but yeah. Uh, and if somebody was to like reach out to you, what would your turnaround be? Just, just so people kind of have an idea of how yeah. long it takes. Um, it depends sort of what, what is going on in the shop outside of, um, the commission. Um, you know, generally I try to, ha if I, if I, okay, probably about a month, maybe mm -hmm. that that's what I would say. Um, cause that would give time for me to get the material. Um, cause part of the process is, you know, you get two inch thick rough sawn lumber and you resaw it down into thinner and thinner pieces and that stuff has to sit and kind of acclimate once you make that first step of that recent you know cutting it down it's got to sit and acclimate to your space before you start using it yep it's got to breathe so mm -hmm. you know a, a month month and a half if you need something i would you know so for example uh, I had a woman reach out to me who displayed a tree in the national. Yep. Um, I'm pretty sure she got a hold of me in June. Um, Ooh, yeah, it's a little close. Uh, and she, and I was able to, you know, make it happen. So she had it in time to like actually see it and, and mock it up before, mm -hmm. uh, before the show. Yep. Um, that's that's a little bit of a time crunch but you know yeah yeah well and there's other you know there's like i said with the other things that i do in the shop there's always other other things happening and yeah um the hardest thing is you know doing a lot of the repair work that i do for guitars i have you know fairly expensive guitars out 
on workbenches in the shop, I can't necessarily, you know, in that same day, go over to my table saw and start cutting joinery for bonsai stands. Mm -hmm. Um, because otherwise it have chunks of wood flying around and, and I don't want to hurt a nice guitar. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I've seen from my grandfather's processes with it. It's like, if you've got all these guitars, I mean, you, you also have the, like the, um, I, I don't, I'm, I'm sorry with the terminology, like the frames that you put the, the bodies into to, to basically bend the wood into the shape you need. Yeah, sure. The forms, all, the forms, there you go. Yeah. All that stuff's super sensitive and you can't just be, you know, chucking wood. And like you said, throwing sawdust and pieces of wood and, you know, causing, you know, you know environmental damage in your shop basically by like <laughs> moving th- too many things around because uh i mean wood is is uh exceptionally touchy i know from you know the littlest thing could cause like you said like with warping or whatnot but yeah just being realistic with yourself on what time frame you have to get stands made so that's kind yeah. of like a that's kind of like a call out to any of our listeners that like they're coming up to a show and they're like you know, I haven't really thought about a stand yet and it's like a month like ticking down. I'm like, you, you might want to, you might want to go ahead. You might, and, want, you might want to have thought about that maybe six weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You might want to build like a good relationship with your stand maker and talk yeah. to them. I would say even six months before would be a comfortable time frame for me. Uh, Cause there could be complications in shipping and stuff too if they're outside of your area um so but yeah um yeah i think we're gonna start kind of winding it down here but uh but yeah as far as shows and stuff go i know you said the mid-atlantic or the i'm sorry is that right yeah uh yeah yeah um is that where you'll be vending for the first time uh this will be my second year doing it it's in this year it's in harrisburg pennsylvania Mm-hmm. Um, and it is the weekend of April 19th, 20th and 21st, I believe. Oh, big weekend. Memory serves me correctly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if y'all are around for that show, go, uh, go talk to John and go check out his wares. I'm sure you're going to, you know, like you said, you got going to have plenty of stands, uh, produced for that, that show. Just, just, just to be ready. Right. How many stands do you have, uh, ready for it? Oh, how many stands do I have ready for it right now? <laughs> yeah. So, what is what do you what do you think? What are you expecting? <laughs> uh, well, I as a vendor, I get three eight foot full you know folding tables. Yep. Um, and I will have them filled uh, one one way or the other. Yep. How yep. many stands by number? I I'm trying to what well, what I learned from the last show that I did um, kind of will help me a little bit. Um, all the stands that I'd sold before last year um, were smaller show stands yep. to my fellow club members who, you know, for the most part, a lot of the people in my club are very um, show in friendly. Um, and, uh, I noticed that this, I had all my stands out on the table, vending opened and the three biggest stands that I had sold in 15 minutes of me being there. Mm-hmm. That's and excellent. then the rest, the rest of the weekend was, you know, p- 
people walking through and and grabbing the smaller stands you know slowly um so this year i plan on bringing a lot more larger stands people you know i feel like for the most part people that are buying stands are buying stands for larger trees Mm -hmm. uh, rather than smaller trees that they're using at their club you know stands for these smaller trees that they display at club shows or whatnot the people that really take that next step to buy stands generally are buying stands for bigger trees that have more impact that that are are displayed in in larger shows so this year i'll 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 save myself by building less stands that are bigger (laughs) there you go that that seems to cut the time down right uh theoretically it's less is more but also bigger (laughs) yeah yeah uh but yeah awesome man so like if they wanted to contact you about custom stands and stuff i'm you know i'm pretty much assuming that they can go over to jm stewart uh guitars for now yeah Um, yeah so my yeah my website um there's tons of links for contact on there um just yeah jamstewartguitars.com awesome and uh yeah if there's any shows coming up that you guys want stands made for and i mean like i'm thinking of for myself right now i have a, a local guy that is he's not a he's not a woodworker like like you do like more you know the intricate cuts and all that stuff for guitar making he he did work with a guitar maker at one point but i have a guy here that i'm trying to work with to make stands and that's you know that's a whole thing just trying to figure that out and so if you guys know a stand maker you know you you gotta you gotta show them some love because if they're making bonsai stands yeah that's so niche and you want to we need more people doing this like i can't stress that enough so you guys you know show you stand makers some support go over to jm stewart guitars if you guys want to stand made you know, hit John up. That would be awesome. Um, and also, uh, you would give me some Jitas. Um, so on the next giveaway that will be at the end of this month, we're going to be throwing uh, one of those Jitas in the kit with some uh, Joshua Roth tool stuff. And so it's like a little, yeah, it's like a little cool, like like this bonsai kit this uh, for the bonsai best buds in the Discord. That's it's a pretty good deal. And Jitas are also another thing we didn't even touch on. Um, but we can... I mean, these, these conversations can be revisited and we can talk more about these kind of things, but yeah, just, yeah, go out there and, you know, <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm out here like advocating for, in you know, lobbying for, for stand makers. I'm like, go give them a handshake, you know, <laughs> they, they have, they have lives too. Uh, but yeah, Poor that's a local stand maker. Yeah. Yeah. Go, uh, go, go, uh, go poke them and see what's going on, you know? Uh, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, thanks for, thanks for hanging out, John. This has been a, this been this has been a really you know eye-opening kind of conversation to go in and just see the process of how stands are made and like seeing why like this is something that we need to start thinking more about in american bonsai in my opinion yeah, well thank you f- you know for having me and and thank you to you and and the other hosts for for putting this thing on because it's it's not in uh a a small endeavor that you guys have uh you know jumped yeah. on um so we thank you as well oh yeah uh a weekly bonsai show is not something i imagine i would be doing uh 
like a couple of years back. <laughs> so, yeah. but uh, yeah, so awesome. Thank you so much. Like I said, JM Stewart guitars, go over there and check it out. Uh, get a custom stand made by John. And then if you want to go check out Mike, I know Mike had to step away with, uh, with his, his baby uh, Amelia a minute ago, but you can go over to KitsuneBoneside.com. Go check out Mike's offerings. He does online classes. I know he's doing a lot more of them now uh, for a particular reason, but also he's going to be at Say Bonsai over here in Louisiana. We're doing that at March 30th. So for Underhill Bonsai, for me, you can go over to UnderhillBonsai.com, read some articles that I've written, uh, Underhill Bonsai store. I had to unfortunately stop selling bald cypresses because I just about ran out. So, but we do have a, a lot of other plants available for shipping right now. Bud pop is happening. So I have to slow down on shipping, uh, and then when we get hotter, we'll have to kind of cut back on that a little bit. But yeah, you guys go check that out. And of course, if you're listening for the first time, it's your first episode. I would normally say sorry, because normally I would be saying a bunch of embarrassing things. Uh, but this time around, I feel like I did pretty good. So uh, yeah, welcome to the show. Make sure you uh, subscribe, like, share, and review. Um, make sure you tell people about us. And I, I, I this has been a you know great time. So yeah, uh, I will... I will be uh, talking to everyone next week. We'll see if we can get Carmen or Mike, but yeah, we've certainly enjoyed having you on John. Uh, You have a great rest of your week and uh, I'll be talking to you in the discord soon. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me.